Welcome to Our Lord's Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. Our desire for you as you listen is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we read the scriptures and to be mobilized to actively bring God's kingdom to the earth. For more information on who we are, visit OLCC.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at OLCCOKC. How many know that if you call on Jesus, he will answer prayer? If you call on Jesus, he will answer prayer. I'm going to skip my introduction and I'm going to ask you all to stand. And I'm going to read Acts chapter number 12, verses 1 through 16. About that time, King Herod laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, killed with the sword. And he saw that it pleased the Jews. He proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the festival of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison and handed him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. While Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. The church prayed fervently to God for him. The very night before Herod was going to bring him out, Peter bound with two chains was sleeping between two soldiers while guards in front of the door were keeping watch over the prison. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his wrist. And the chains fell off his wrist. The angel said to him, fasten your belt and put on your sandals. He did so. Then he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Peter went out and followed him. He did not realize that what was happening with the angels with help was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. After they had passed the first and second guard, they came before the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went outside and walked along a lane when suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all the Jewish people were expecting. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many had gathered and were praying. Where many had gathered and were praying. I'm putting emphasis on praying and prayer. When he, knocked at the, when he knocked at the outer gate, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. On recognizing Peter's voice, she was overjoyed that instead of opening the gate, she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. You are out of your mind. But she insisted that it was so they said, it is an angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. Peter continued knocking. 
Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the gate, they saw him and were amazed. You may be seated in my hearing. So, Lord, I ask that day that you will speak to us, give us revelation knowledge from the scriptures, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand what you will say to us today. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. And one thing that I have discovered over the years is that this is a praying church. OLCC is a praying church. It's in our DNA. It's in our bloodline. I've gathered with people here, and they pray effective prayers. And when I've gotten words of confirmation, I've gotten prophetic words. Constantly, I've gotten prophetic words from many of you. And when we get those prophetic words, we'll go bathe those words in prayer. And I now, I'm seeing the fruit of all those prophetic words. But those words were bathed in prayer. I got words from Al and Melissa, from Bev, from uh, Wallace, and from Catherine. And we are now seeing the fruit of all those prophetic words as they were bathed in prayer. The Lord highlighted several of these verses out of Acts 12 to me. And I just want to uh, speak on a few of these verses that he highlighted to me. But I want to put things in context. Herod was a king who desired power. <laughs> he wanted to kill Peter to elevate himself and his political career. And if you read down to verse number 23, you will learn that Herod Agrippa, his pride was his demise. He was eaten by worms. He was the grandson of Herod the Great, who put the death of all the male children under the age of two to death. His great-grandfather was Herod the Great. One of the verses that highlighted to me was verse number five. While Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. The word church in the Greek means ecclesia, ecclesia, and it means assembly, or it means the called that ones. You and I are the called that ones. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. You are called out for a purpose. You are called out to carry the mantle of Christ. And as I was looking at this scripture, things just started coming to my mind. The Lord woke me up at about 3 a.m. in the morning, and he gave me a vision. He gave me a vision. And lo and behold, <laughs> I got up, and I walked to my office. I said, Lord, what is this that you have given me? And the picture that he gave me was a picture of Constance Ladd and the angel Gabriel. And I couldn't understand what that was, so I went into my office and I started praying. Lord, what do you I mean? What is that? I mean, normally when you hear about an angel, Gabriel, you think about death. And I said, Lord, are you preparing me for something? He said, no, I'm trying to get into the office, and I'll give you what I'm going to tell you. Get him going to your office, and I'm going to speak to you. So I went into my office, and I saw this picture of my wife. Constance was leading the choir at our old church. She was standing, and she was just praising God. 
and she was calling on the name of Jesus, and the choir was singing in high chord. And all of a sudden, as the choir was singing, Constance said, and the choir stopped singing. The choir just came silent. They was under her command. And then it started back up again. And she would all of a sudden say, and it was, there was just silence. There was just silence. I said, Lord, what did this have to do with an angel Gabriel? Had no clue. So the Lord took me to the eighth chapter of the book of Revelation. How many of you have been enjoying the book of Revelations? Amen. It's been awesome. So the Lord took me back to the book of Revelations. And the word said that there was silence in heaven for about 30 minutes. I said, I'm still kind of confused. What are you saying? I'm here, Lord. Speak to me like you spoke to Samuel. I need to hear. I'm here. I want to hear what you're saying. And then he gave me the angel Gabriel. As I was looking at Gabriel, I said, okay, Gabriel is one of the angels in heaven. And we all know that there's constant praising and worship in heaven. There's constant praising and worship in heaven. And so when I looked at Gabriel, I said, okay, Gabriel is orchestrating the choir in heaven. He controls the, an the angels there. And I said, oh, this is making sense now. I'm, I'm getting it. I said, Lord, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I understand. So if you read that verse 1 through 4, it said that the angels were singing and that Gabriel was directing the choir. But more importantly, there was incense and prayers that were going up. I said, oh, Lord, I got it now. This is it. So all of a sudden, the Lord starts giving me these words. I said, wow, those are the prayers of Mike and Christy. Those are the prayers of Wallace and his beautiful wife. Those are the prayers of Constance Lane. Those are the prayers of Michelle Bruner. Those are the prayers of Jay. Those are the prayers of Connie. And all of a sudden, when the prayers start going up, the angel Gabriel said, stop. He just stopped so that the prayers can go up into heaven so that the Lord can hear your prayer. See, that's how important you are to God. He loves you so much that he will stop the angelic beings. He will call them to a silence because your prayers was gone up to God. Now, I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. I thought that my prayers are being heard by the Lord. The Bible said that we are to pray one for another. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. The angel became silent because he heard your prayers. They went up to heaven. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Another verse that the Lord spoke to me was... You know what, I want to, I want to, I'm just going to back up just for a second, because I want, is there a picture of my granddaughter? There's a, I had, a, that's my granddaughter right there. Her name is Peyton Avery Ladd, and she's a joy. That picture was taken at Life Church, and she wanted her papa's attention. I was talking to every, you know, people in the church, and she said, Papa, you're supposed to be here for us. This is Cora's baby dedication. And she grabbed me, and I said, okay, you just want some love. So I hugged her, 
and somebody and we took a selfie together. But that little girl right there, she had a problem with eating. I was concerned. My wife was concerned. And we went into in uh, Kathy, Catherine, and Wallace. We asked them to pray with us. I said, look, we have a granddaughter. She's not eating. Something is going on. So we just want you to pray with us. Join us in prayer. And Catherine has this prayer rhythm. So what she uses is the birthday of the people that she prayed for. So my daughter's birthday is 11-7-11, November 7, 2011. So what Kathy did, she set her alarm clock for 11 a.m., 11.07 a.m. every morning, and she would get up and she would pray for Peyton. And I said, wow, that is awesome. So what I want to say to you, Catherine, is that you could stop praying now because she is eating us out of house and home. When she'd come to Gugga and Pawpaw's house, she, she put her request in. She want Gugga's peach cobbler. She want Papa's mashed potatoes and gravy. She want Gugga's fried chicken. I'm so glad that she's an athlete now, you know, because she runs it all off. But thank you so much, Catherine, for your prayer. See, this is what happens when we come together and we pray at the church. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. I want to kind of hurry on here because I really want you all to hear from my wife. I want you all to hear from Constance. The, the, the second thing that the Lord revealed to me was in verse number seven, suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his wrist. Mm. The chains fell off his wrist. And so when I did a word showing it, a word study on the word chains, it revealed to me that there was two uh, symbolic meanings of the word chain. And one of the words was imprisonment. And the other word was um, I think it was entanglement, imprisonment and entanglement. Entanglement was because if you look at a chain, the loops kind of wrap around. It wraps around, it wraps around. But to stay consistent with the scriptures today, I'm gonna focus in on the one that says imprisonment because imprisonment means that we are bound, we are in bondage, we are captivated. But I don't know about you today, but some of you may be captivated today. But the good news is that Christ has come to set you free. Some of you might be in chains right now in your marriage. Some of you might be in chains with your kids. Some of your kids might be speaking ungodly words. Some of your children might be on drugs. Some of you might be unemployed. You might be chained up and want to be loose. But God has come to set you free. Just like he set Peter free in the cell, he can set you free today. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus, and he will answer your prayer. I was in chains myself back in 1988. I was in chains. Me and my wife were both in chains. We were in prison in our marriage. And the Lord woke me up one morning. I couldn't wait to get to Zondervan's 
out at the old Crossroads Mall. The Lord directed me to that store, and I went in the back where the marriage section books were, and I looked at three books, and I picked the one in the middle. I don't know what the other two said, but I picked the one in the very middle, and I picked that book up. It was called The Love Life for Every Married Couple by Dr. Ed Wheat. I sat in the back of that store, and I got in a lane where no one was walking, and I read every page of that book. I sat there and read every page, and it ministered to me. But I just want y'all to know, I did buy the book. I, I, I mean, I read it, but I bought it. I didn't walk out with the book. And I got that book, and I took it home to my wife. I said, sweetheart, we have got to read this book. And she agreed. We went through that book for three, for three days, and we stopped, and we cried. We prayed. We asked for forgiveness. We cried. We prayed, we called on Jesus, and we asked for forgiveness day and night. And that book brought us to where we are today. You know, how many, I don't can't remember how many years it was, but 42 years later, we are still married. We are still here because we were in chains, but Christ set us free. He, he set us free. I want to pause here for a moment, and I'm going to ask my wife to come up and complete the story. Let's receive her by saying amen. Mm -hmm. All right, Roddy uh, touched on my second one, but the, the two most life-changing prayer events in our lives was that one when uh, God fixed our brokenness uh, in marriage. Uh, the first one was, uh, I just wanted to say that it's not just praying, but it's listening and obeying the Holy Spirit after prayer. When we speak, we, then you wait on God to give you a word through the Holy Spirit. So 18 years old, growing up in Anadarko, Oklahoma, I was engaged to be married. Uh, Ronnie is from Mobile, Alabama. I'm from a little rural town here in Oklahoma. And um, uh, he was two years older than me. So my senior year, we got engaged. He went off to college. Um, another uh, guy I was dating. And um, we were both saved. Christians, walking the Christian life. But I had a spiritual mentor that uh, challenged me. And I was engaged. We were, I was graduating from high school in May and going to get married in uh, June, Ju June or July. And she challenged me and she said, you know, I'm so happy for you and Corin and the life y'all are getting ready to walk through. She said, but I wanna challenge you to steal away and talk to God for a week. So I did. I went to our church for a full week every morning at six o'clock and prayed. 
in that prayer, I sense a strong sense of God's protection and love for me. That he didn't, he didn't want me to stray. And I wanted to be obedient to him. So at the end of that prayer time that week, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, it's not time for you to be married. And definitely not with him. <laughs> so my prayer was that, Lord, I ask in your name, Jesus, that you would have, lay it on Corin's heart to break up with me. Because I felt like I was strong enough to handle that. At that time, he was in the military and going through basic training. And uh, so a week, two, week or two later, he called. And I was giddy. Forgot about that prayer. Was glad to hear his voice. But what he said to me was incredible. He said, I'm calling you because I want to tell you that I'm not the one that you are supposed to be married to. I'm not the one. I love you, but I'm not the one. I'm not who you need in your life. And I said, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold it. I was going to go get a wedding dress. We prayed. We cried. And uh, we broke up. Um, a real good friend of mine talked me into going to Central State University at the time in 1976. She said, just one year, just come, because my plan was to get as far from Oklahoma as I could. And she talked me into um, coming to Central State Oklahoma to go to school for one year, just one year. I said, okay. I started in August and met Ronnie Ladd in September. <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> so I thank God for prayer. I thank God for listening and I thank God for obedience in that prayer. At 18 years old, uh, thought we had it, had the plan wrapped up in a gift, ready to roll, and Jesus met me at that little church in Anadarko. Thank you, honey. Thank you, honey. Wow. I thank God for, what's his name, Corian? Corey? We call him Corky. I thank God for Corky. I really do. I thank God for Corky, man. He heard the Lord. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. If I see that brother, I want to give him a hug, a fist bump. I want to buy his lunch for the rest of his life because that's how much I appreciate him. I love him. I want to close with verse number 12, and, uh, and it's about Rhoda. As soon as he released, as soon as he released this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many had gathered and were praying. When he knocked 
at the outer gate, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. On recognizing Peter's voice, she was overjoyed that instead of opening the gate, she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. <laughs> but she insisted that it was so. They said, no, it's an angel. Meanwhile, Peter was continued knocking. And when they opened the gate, they saw him and were amazed. So I just want to close by saying Rhoda is the most significant person in this chapter because she is the conduit between the world and the church. She is the conduit between the world and the church. She heard the voice of God. Even though she was a servant girl, a maid, she was in a posture to hear the voice of God. She recognized Peter's voice. And she recognized his voice because I believe that she was around Peter a lot. She was probably there when Peter preached to the 3,000. She was there in attendance. But more importantly, she was in Mary's house. Mary had an upper room in her house. Peter and John hung out together. John was the son of Mary. And guess who was there as the fly on the wall? It was Rhoda. She was taking everything in. So she recognized Peter's voice. It's just like me and my wife. We go to a, a couple's house. Their, their kids grew up with our kids. We go to their house for lunch. We go to their house for dinner. Some of you know Chris and Loretta Jones. Our, our kids grew up together. And when Constance and I went into their home to watch the football game, we went in loud. Is the food ready? I'm ready to eat. And somebody in the other room who was not in our presence recognized my voice. Her name is Anna Jones. Anna said, that sounds like Uncle Ronnie. Well, because she know me, she recognized my voice. Just like many of you, when you kneel and pray and spend time with God, what do you do? You recognize his voice. You know the voice of God because you what? You have spent time in his presence. People can't give prophetic words to us without spending time with God. When you spend time with God, he will speak to you. He will speak to you. Rhoda heard the voice of God. And I want to speak to you young people right now. Even if you're listening virtually online, Facebook, you are the conduit for the next generation. In fact, you are the conduit right now. God wants to give you a platform to be used right now. But just like Constance said, she spent one week in prayer. I want to encourage you right now to start seeking the face of God. Pray for one week. Pray for two weeks. Start discerning his voice because he wants to speak to you. He wants to use you right where you are. Don't take it for granted because you are young. You might not be heard the first time, just like Rhoda. You might not be heard the second time, but God will knock the door down just for you because he want to put you on a platform to be used by him. Rhoda's voice was powerful. Even though she seemed insignificant, she was the most significant person in this scripture. There's a uh, Duke University has an academy called DYA. It's, I think it's Duke, Duke uh, Youth Academy. And they have a lot of people there that look just like Rhoda. They have a lot of people that come out and go into the streets 
They go into wealthy neighborhoods, and they minister to the people there. And they come out, and the only reason why they are able to go into these affluent neighborhoods because they are associated with Duke University. When you mention the name Duke University, that's a cloudy school. You know, they carry weight. So I don't care what you look like or how you dress, they are going to receive you. They're going to let you in. I don't know if you remember back in June, we had a morning of prayer. And different ones, I took a risk by asking different ones to come up and pray. And I know that made some people uncomfortable, but I was following the Holy Spirit. And each one came up and prayed. I think a Brad, I think Brad even talked to one of the African-American women who came up and prayed. And I think they have a relationship today as a result of that morning of prayer. But as I was getting ready to close, a young lady came up. She didn't look quite like us. She had purple and red and yellow hair. She had ear pierces on both of her nose. She even had one in her lip. And as she was approaching, I said, Lord, let her speak a word. Let her speak a word. And she came up and she prayed the most beautiful prayer. She prayed for our country. She prayed for our policemen. She prayed for our city. She prayed for unity. I mean, she was just so powerful in her prayer. And guess what her name was? I remember every, I, I didn't remember nobody's name but hers. What was her name? Rhoda. Her name was Rhoda. That's why I remember her, her name was Rhoda. She prayed a most beautiful prayer. And I'm going to go ahead and make one or two applications. I know we're short on time here. When you, the first application is this. I don't know if you have it up there. If you, uh, when you pray, expect to receive. Put yourself in a posture to receive. The church prayed for Peter, but when their prayer was answered, they rejected the answer. So they were on the borderline of sinning because of their unbelief. They did not put themselves in a posture to receive what God had brought to them. It took me back to Acts chapter number 3 when the Bible said that a man that was lame, he was laid at the gate called Beautiful. He laid there every day asking for alms. And when Peter and John got ready to go in, the man looked at them and asked for alms. He asked for money. And, and he put himself in, a, himself in a posture to receive because he was expecting. The church was not expecting to receive. But this lame man put himself in a posture to receive because he was expecting to receive something. But Peter and John said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man rose up and walked, and he began to run and praise God. He began to just become jubilant. Unlike the church in Acts chapter number 12, the church was not expecting the answer that God had delivered to them. When God is speaking to you, he has already answered your prayer. All you have to do is open the door and receive it. Let him come in. Let him come in because he's brought the answer. Some of you right now are praying for something. You are knocking and you are asking. Some of you are praying for the gifts of tongues. Your answer is already there. All you have to do is start speaking and God will do the rest. 
You speak, and he will do the rest. Your answer is already there. The second part is do, it your, do your part. With the assistance of an angel, the Lord delivered Peter to the house of Mary. All they had to do was open the door because God had already answered their prayer. Sometimes we have to take the initiative and get up and do something ourselves. So do your part, and I like to say, do what you can, and God will do what you can't. Do what you can, and God will do what you can't. And the final thing is, make room for the gospel. Make room for the gospel. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, and the Freedom Riders back in the 1950s, they risked their lives for racial equality and for human rights. They struggled. They were, some of them were killed because they believed in the cause for human rights. They wanted racial uh, equality and they died for that. Many of us, I know myself, probably wouldn't be here in this church today if it wasn't for those who fought for freedom, those who fought for equality. But more importantly, as we turn to the gospel, the church risked their lives for the gospel. And now we have that freedom. Now we are free because we are in Christ. They were slaughtered. They were, the heads were chopped off just for you and me. They gave their lives. They risked their lives for the gospel. Now we have the mantle. We are carrying the mantle of the apostles now. We are carrying the gospel. And I want you to know right now, if you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, he will fill you with the Holy Spirit right now. If you're listening online or if you're listening virtually, if you need a church home, if you feel distant, if you feel disconnected, God is speaking to you right now as well. He wants to fill you with his precious Holy Spirit. And I believe right now, if you kneel and call on Jesus, he will answer your prayer because his desire is to fill us with his Holy Spirit. I have a lot more to say, but I'm going to pause right here. But as I pause, I want to say this. <laughs> I want to say this, OLCC. It's unfair. It's just unfair that we cannot do a series on prayer. My vote is that we would do a series on prayer. We have a good tag team. You know, we got Connie Willem. We got Wallace. We got Esther. I mean, we got a slew of people here, even Jay. You know, come on up here. Let's do a series on prayer. Yeah, Mike, don't be high. I see you back there. Yeah, we got a tag team here that can do a good series on prayer. And matter of fact, prayer is our most powerful tool. It's not a sword. It's not getting in a picket line. It's not signing a petition. It's getting on our knees and praying to the almighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Ronnie. Constance, could you go ahead and come back on up? God's been talking to me a lot about prayer these days. And a couple of weeks ago, I came up after the service and I had Constance pray for me about prayer. So Constance, would you close us and would you bless us with a spirit of prayer that we would be even more of a praying church? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this moment opportunity thank you for Ronnie bringing the word 
Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would pour your spirit of prayer into us. Lord, we are empty vessels ready to be overwhelmed with prayer, just feeling and sensing your movement. Help us to listen as we pray. As the Spirit of God give utterance, speak to us, Lord. Lord, bless us throughout this day. Protect us and guard us. Remember our pastor and wife out uh, on vacation. Protect them. Bring them safely home. And Lord, bless our week. Help us to encounter a time of prayer with you. In Jesus' name.